What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gray. This week's episode has a lot going on. We have our first giveaway. We break down the people's favorite Air Jordan 1, and I do a Q&A. It's been quite a ride so far. We're 24 episodes in. Shout out to the day ones who've been here since the first episode through the interviews to now. Welcome all new listeners. I'm excited about this giveaway. I'll be giving a little bit more information towards the end of this episode. But what I first want to take a look at is what the people of Twitter decided was the greatest Air Jordan 1. So let's hop right into it. If you happen to follow me on Twitter, you notice that I retweeted a few times throughout this past week, Sock Jig, the infamous Sock Jig account. And what they had done is pulled over 64 colorways of the Air Jordan 1 sneaker and put it in an NCAA style bracket challenge. Four regions seeded the colorways and put them head to head and then let their following vote for the best Air Jordan 1 colorway. And this spread pretty widely from outside of their 4,000 followers to each matchup getting 600 to 800 votes. And so the way it would work was, let's take a look at one of the first matchups. The number one seed, Air Jordan 1, black and red, going against the number 64 seed, homage to home colorway, which was the split black and red Chicago mixture. And then the Twitter users would vote, and then they would pick a winner. So they picked the winner of the black and red, and that moved on to the next round and so on and so forth until you have the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, the Final Four, then the Championship. And if you are interested in seeing these matchups and all the sneakers involved, you can go onto my Twitter page or find Sock Jig on Twitter and find those battles and competitions and matchups. But mainly what surprised me when analyzing this setup and how the people were voting for sneakers was obviously the final had to come down between the Chicago's and the black and red or the breads or band, whatever you may want to call them, right? It had to be that way. That's the original Air Jordan 1 colorways. Mike made everything look astonishingly cool, and these are by far the coolest looking on feet because they're tied to those memories of Jordan playing in them. It had to be that way. And all the way through, the number two seed Chicago blew everything out of the water. In the final four, it matched up with the off-white Chicago and blew it out of the water. And then won pretty easily against the black and red. But it had to be that way. There's no way it should have been any other colorways in that final two matchup. Shouldn't have been a Travis Scott. It shouldn't have been an off-white or a union. Because those come from these two original colorways. Without the success of those two models and the striking barriers that the Air Jordan 1 broke, we wouldn't have those colorways over time. And now we do. But you can see the second factor in that was hype resale value really drove a lot of these victories in the matchups. Not to say that they aren't deserving of winning, but in some cases, to me, I really enjoy the Travis Scott Air Jordan 1. However, in my personal opinion, The Travis Scott Air Jordan 1 beating out the shadow? No way. The shadow is an iconic colorway in itself, and I guess Travis flipped it around. But to me, 
the value of this played a lot higher into you know the modern hype of what's going on with sneakers. Same with the off-white UNCs beat out the Royals, another classic colorway. I get off-white and the hype behind it and the UNC colorway, but to me, the Royals stands the test of time. We'll see how these off-white colorways go over time, but these original colorways like the Shadows and the Royals are going to be around as long as sneakers are around. They're loved by everyone. You've never heard someone who turns down one of those colorways or dislikes them. You know, it may not be their style, but they get it. A lot of people don't get Off-White or Travis or Union, but that's how the people voted. I mean, the blue toe Unions over the Shattered Backboard 1.0s, I love the Unions. I think the Shattered Backboards should have won there, but I can give up that matchup. However, the top three Air Jordan 1 over the DMP Celtics, I get that the DMPs were kind of a mid, but if they re-release that colorway, green heel, black toe, it would go crazy. All of the black toe iterations have gone crazy over time. You look at the original black toe, the fragments are essentially a black toe. Shattered backboards in some way are. The rust, igloo, all of those colorways have always been a hit. So I was very surprised to see the top three jump over the DMP Celtic. And maybe because a lot of people who are voting aren't familiar with this shoe. The things I did miss out here was I wish that the Dornbecker ones would have been put in there. That's always kind of a wild but unique and cool shoe. And then it made me realize the Spike Lees aren't on this bracket, but that's a dope colorway. Release the colorway, get rid of Spike's face, give us a deep blue Air Jordan 1. But at the end of the day, I think it was super cool to see the sneaker community's reactions to how things won. People were pushing for Off-White, people were pushing for Union, the original colorways, and it turned out the way it should have been. I can argue the black and red over the Chicago and the Chicago over the black and red, but to me, at the end of the day, those two were the winners. Chicago won it all, but it's the way it should have been. I don't know if I would have agreed if this was the rust pink Air Jordan 1 versus the fragment 1. I just don't see it in the Air Jordan 1 lineage, but I think it was awesome. Go check it out on Twitter. Make sure to follow me there because that's going to be another way to get in on this giveaway. Now for the Q&A. I've never actively pursued questions, but I've noticed over this podcast, I get two or three questions an episode, and I figured this was the best way to answer it. And so I've taken questions from each episode and some random ones I've gotten from social media and put together about 10 of the commonly asked questions so far. I'm going to give you my answers on those questions. So number one, where did the podcast name came from? That comes from Cliff. Cliff, the podcast name came from just a stock room. Your inventory stock, keeping stock of shoes, staying on the pulse, staying up to date, keeping stock. It was a little bit different. I didn't want to do, you know, something with shoe or sneaker in it. So I just went with keeping stock, felt the easiest, and that's how I rolled with it. Next question coming from, I'm sorry if I say this incorrectly, June Yu ask, how do sneaker releases change in the future to combat bots and oversaturation of hype? And this comes from the episode I did on how sneaker bots work, if you are interested and haven't heard it yet. But the way I think sneaker releases change in the future is that we're in a giant sneaker bubble. It's at the pinnacle of popularity 
everyone's interested in it from obviously original sneakerheads just to influencers, Instagram, social media. It drives that status symbol. I think in the future, that symbol pops and a lot of people leave the game because it's no longer as popular as it was once before. Or it is pre-ordering shoes ahead of time, right? So instead of saying, okay, here's the Dior Air Jordan 1s that are super limited, if you're interested, you can pre-order them now and we'll have them shipped to you next year. Pay 2000 they'll come to you next year. One, that eliminates all limited hype from the shoe because if you want it and you can afford it, you can buy it. You just have to wait one year to get it. And that crushes all of that hype and limited quantities that bots are going after for resale. However, it could influence less sneakers to come out. It could diminish brand value in some regards um, or the specialty of the shoe, but it is a balance. There's something that will be done. I mean, I'm not opposed to bots. I've never personally used one, but I think it is something businesses are aware of and they're trying to stop. Question three from Jasmine. What annoys you about sneaker culture? For me, it's gatekeeping, I guess. And you've probably heard me touch on it a few times. Whether you are collecting sneakers for over 20 years or you're brand new, at the end of the day, it's just a sneaker. There is no reason to shame someone for their knowledge of the sneaker or if they misinterpreted or said the wrong name because everyone starts somewhere. Just because you don't know how SBs released in the early 2000s or the designer behind a shoe or the special moment that occurred in the shoe doesn't make you any less of a sneaker enthusiast than someone else. And that's the biggest thing to me that's annoying is this, oh, I own more valuable shoes, so you don't know as much as I do, or your collection's not as special. At the end of the day, do whatever you want to do with your sneakers. Buy whatever you want, whatever color, whatever quantity, that's all up to you. This next question comes from Zaria. What are my favorite music artists? And that was a tough question. I think to me, the artists that initially jump right into my thought are Outkast, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, Kendrick Lamar, Leon Bridges, Kay Trinata, Tupac Biggie, Dr. Dre, MF Doom, Mad Villain, Czarface, Karanga Bin. I mean, there's a ton. I don't know if I have one that is inherently more of a favorite than the other. I mean, I forgot Travis Scott in there. But I'd say the ones that come to mind initially are those first three being Outkast. Childish Gambino and Kendrick Lamar. I just enjoy their creativity and the way they push themselves or push themselves at some point. Really wish I would have been able to see Outkast perform live in their heyday. But luckily to YouTube, I can see some older live performances and it seemed to be a special time. Number five, coming from Big Lex. Uh, This came after the Travis Scott episode. I'm asking, what other entertainers do you think need a sneaker? And I can't think of any entertainers right now that instantly stand out to me that need a sneaker. I do think what Nike and Kendrick Lamar's partnership needs to blossom a bit more. I think Kendrick Lamar has the power and the influence in the fan base to push and drive a variety of sneakers. I mean, his Cortez's were great. They did a The Element React. He's done stuff with Reebok. 
I believe that there is more for Kendrick to do, and it's just been kind of watered down a bit, and maybe because that's, you know, how he keeps his privacy and his workflow and doesn't want that be going on in his career, but I think there's something that could blossom from that. In the same regards, I think Jordan Brand or Nike and Drake could be pushed a little bit harder. I mean, on the Adidas side, I think all of their artists, they've done a great job with and given them that freedom. But right now, off the top of my head, I can't think of a new-to-the-scene entertainer that deserves a shoe deal, just because, as you notice, a lot of these artists that have been utilized have established themselves over a long portion of time in you know, the entertainment space. And to say after someone's one giant year or year and a half that they deserve a shoe deal is a little rocky. I could see, depending on how Billie Eilish's sophomore album goes, or even SZA in that TDE realm could push a product, but you have to see how that next album continues to grow their fan base. Gonzo asks, what's my favorite LeBron model? And this comes after talking about the December sneakers of the decade. And to me, my favorite LeBron models are, I like them all, but uh, top three, LeBron 10, LeBron 7, and LeBron 9 are my favorite. Each have different memories for me in my basketball career. I really liked prime Nike basketball during that time. The colorways, the comfort, I just enjoyed those. I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, the fours deserve to be up there. LeBron won, the eight, even the 11s had their colorways. And after that, you know, after 11, it starts getting a little bit more performance related. But I really enjoy that LeBron is starting to retro the line. Was really happy that the sevens came out and they pushed some colorways, hoping that the nines or the tens come out next. What's the most expensive sneaker I've bought? This comes from D Hill. This one was from the How to Create a Sneaker Budget episode. Most expensive sneaker I bought was on accident. I had a friend text me to enter the raffle on sneakers for the beach colorway of the Just On 2. Being on the West Coast, I got up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., entered the raffle, and at that time, I thought I had put in for a size 9.5, my friend's size, forgot to switch it in the haze of being asleep still, woke up to about five messages, a couple emails, and a couple calls from my bank trying to authorize this transaction, I ended up winning the $650 Just On 2s for retail. And at that time, I was still a freshman in college, so I didn't have that type of money to spend on sneakers. And I was definitely a little nervous. Luckily, I didn't overdraw my account was able to sell them at the end of the day, literally the end of that day, for $1,200 or $1,300. But that is by far the most expensive sneaker I've purchased on accident. I really don't go after sneakers that are over $250. It's a ridiculous amount of money. So I won those, and I did end up selling them, made my bunny back, and some more but I don't see myself in the future paying that much for a sneaker. This next question comes from Robo K, and that's, do I own any custom sneakers? Obviously, this comes from the Malcolm Garrett interview. I personally don't own any custom sneakers at this time. I have some Nike IDs, 
but no custom colorway painted sneakers. I've really just never found the right idea or something that jumps out to me to have that service done. I think there's a wide variety of killer sneaker artists out there, and it's something I may do in the future, but at this moment, I just haven't found that idea and that commitment to do so. Candizi asks, do you have any purchasing regrets? Once again, from the budget episode. And I'm sure I've had sneaker purchasing regrets. And most of those shoes I've turned into, you know, hoop shoes. So a lot of LeBron, Lowe's, LeBron Old Palmers were great, but they're just a little too small. I can't think of one that just stands out as like, why did I purchase this sneaker? I'm usually pretty methodical in how I choose the sneaker, how it would fit into my rotation and my preferred look. So there's anything that stands out deliberately as why did I purchase this sneaker? The one I do think about sometimes is the Pharrell NMD that I own. It's just a little uncomfortable, but for me, I was lucky enough to get it at a discounted price from the Adidas employee store, which a friend gave me a pass to. Um, So I'm glad I got them for that price. I don't know if I'd pay resale for them because after putting them on foot and wearing them a couple times, it doesn't really fit my vibe, so to speak. And so that may be the, the front runner, but nothing jumps out as an instant regret. Last question here from Courtney Kills. It's Courtney with a K. Um, have I ever bought any fakes or replicas? And this comes from the recent episode about exposing the counterfeit world of sneakers. The answer is no. I've never knowingly purchased fakes or replicas. My freshman year of high school, though, I got a pair of shoes for Christmas from a random relative who was interested at the time, as we all know how that goes. And they were these red Hyperfuse, Nike Hyperfuse. And I remember putting them on and being like, okay, these are cool. And just slipping all around the court. But it didn't stick out to me that they were fake because everyone else was slipping on this court, extremely dusty, no traction, no lateral movements. And I ended up getting hurt in these shoes because I went up to dunk and my foot slipped from under me and tore all the microfibers in my knee. So at that point, while I was out for a few weeks, I sent these shoes to Nike when they used to do the authentication program to say, hey, the traction on these seems a little bit off. They're starting to rip here. Can I get in-store credit or exchange for another size? So I sent it to Nike. Two to three weeks later, get the box back, everything. And typically they just give you a voucher for store credit online. But in this case, they just sent a note saying, hey, these aren't an authorized production of Nike. We did not sell or manufacture these. And that's how I learned that they were fake, Um, which was, you know, pretty poor. But I've never actively sought after buying replicas or fake sneakers. You know, that's the one thing I always be against is knowingly purchasing fake um, or counterfeit goods. If you don't know, if you bought it on eBay or someone sold it to you under the guise that they were real and you had no clue, I mean, they're really hard to tell the difference. I can't knock you for that. But if you knowingly bought a fake shoe, it's a little odd to me if you're going that hard to get the status symbol that you know is fake, which is to me worse. I mean, it's lying to yourself, spending money on a rip of an industry and promoting it as real. And that's it for the Q&A, guys. Thanks for sending in the questions. If you have more questions or you like this, go ahead and either 
DM me on Twitter or Instagram like most of you did for this. Send it in on an email. Let me know what you want to know or episode topics, and I'd be happy to cover it on the show here. But with that being said, let's get to what you've been waiting for, the giveaway. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. So in light of recent metrics being passed that I was hoping to hit within a year, so within 52 episodes, we did that much faster than expected. I'm going to be giving away a very limited Space Jam banner. It's relatively large. It's 40 inches by 63 inches. It's great for a sneaker room, your sneaker collection, and it's a nice piece of art you could put around your collection in your collection room, hang up on a wall, a dorm, a garage, wherever it may be. I'm going to be giving that away. This poster I've seen sell on eBay for anywhere from $150 to $400. It's not something you can regularly purchase from another site, something I was lucky to come into possession of. And essentially how this giveaway is going to work, very, very simple. On Instagram and on Twitter, I'm going to post the photo. All you'll have to do on Instagram, like the photo, follow the page, comment one friend tag one friend. Twitter, you just got to retweet and follow the page and you're in there. But as a podcast listener, I'm going to give you guys an extra point. If you shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll put an additional point into the raffle for you. And that's the perk of being a listener because people will see this on social media, but they may not listen to the podcast. So if you're listening here, shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram or an email for an extra raffle ticket in. This will be about a week long. I'll post these images on Monday. And from there, it's all up to you. If you have any questions, let me know. I'll ship it to you. Obviously, no cost. Send it to your home and let you utilize this Space Jam poster before Space Jam 2 comes out, um, which I'm sure will drive the value up a little bit more. This poster came out with the Air Jordan 11 Space Jams. So a very unique piece of sneaker memorabilia or accessories. So I'm really happy to be able to give you guys, give back to you guys, working on some other things too for the giveaway. But this is the first one. So just follow on Twitter, Instagram, follow the rules, then shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram to get an extra raffle entry and you're all good to go. So best of luck on the raffle if you haven't already. Make sure to rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. Subscribe. New content every Sunday. You'll be the first to know about giveaways or interviews. I appreciate your support, and I'll catch you guys next week.